Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. Over the years... I think I've told a, a few people that you know I trusted enough to not think I was completely crazy. Processing the events of that day in my mind, I wouldn't really say that it was a possession so much as maybe more like a channeling of something, someone. It was almost as if what was being channeled was I've already warned you not to be here I've already tried to tell you this was a bad place to be you don't want to be here and now I'm going to show you that you don't want to be here your challenge to this place is accepted About 15 minutes south of Springfield, Nebraska, and just north of the Platte River, a windy dirt road snakes its way up to a black iron gate, shielding a secluded grove of cedar trees. A sign warns, do not trespass, advice that countless intruders have ignored and regretted. This is Ball Cemetery, the final home for a few hundred souls. Many of them rest in peace, others don't. For decades, it has been said that this dark and lonely plot of land in the middle of nowhere is haunted by mysterious entities that defy rational explanation. I'm your host, Steve French. This is Unsolved Mysteries, The Haunting of Ball Cemetery. The place is really creepy. As you're coming in, it's this gravel road, but then it turns into a dirt road and it's kind of tree-lined. And as you're coming there at night, it's really spooky. It's kind of a tattered cemetery. You pull into this dirt area and you will see two big white posts 
with, you know, Ball Cemetery on top. And there's only one way in and one way out. It's just a very strange cemetery. David Rodriguez is the founder of the paranormal research group PRISM. For over 20 years, he has investigated haunted locations throughout the United States, including over 1,000 cemeteries. Ball Cemetery has been on David's radar since he first started investigating the paranormal. The first time I heard about Ball Cemetery was in 2004 when I started the paranormal research team. You'd hear people see graves being tipped over, people feel something touching them. I have had people contact me saying that they've had bruises, scratches, maybe a little push or a little tug, and then there's nobody near you. It's a small cemetery, and all those graves are right next to each other. It is a private, family-owned cemetery. Been there since the late 1800s. You have to have permission to enter that cemetery. Whether it's day or night, they will arrest you. Trespassers are often greeted by a caretaker with a shotgun who lives in a nearby house. For his investigations, David asked the local sheriff to come along with his team, but others have ventured in on their own. And it's their eyewitness reports that have fueled the cemetery's haunted reputation. Somebody might see strange symbols. Another person could see something like a woman in the trees or something. Another person may just hear noises. Everybody's got a strange, different story at Ball Cemetery. As we pulled into the cemetery, I just had a really bad feeling, almost as though we had already been warned not to do this. Ty Duncan, now a middle-aged father of four, was 19 when he and his three friends visited the cemetery in 1995. What he experienced that night, he will never forget. So there was Grant and his gal friend, Cindy, and then there was uh, Charlie and myself. We are just kids driving back from Omaha, and one of the guys mentioned, hey, have you guys heard about Ball Cemetery? You know, supposed to be haunted and spooky place. We should drive over and take a look on our way back. Everybody else in the car said, yeah, let's, let's go. Let's check it out. As we got a little bit closer, we were probably 20 minutes out or so. And I, I just felt like this was not a good idea. So I, I kind of said something to, to Grant. I said, look, this doesn't set well with me. I, I, don't, I don't think we should go. And of course, I got razzed by everybody in the car. Oh, you scared of going to the cemetery? Oh, chicken it out. And by this time, I was really feeling like this was a a terrible idea. So, you know, we went. (laughs) By the time we got there, it was probably just starting to get dark, six, seven o'clock. It was fairly ominous when you look at the front of the graveyard. There's a, you know, kind of a circle parking area. And opposite of that was kind of a tree line. And there were some bigger rocks piled up on one side. And I just got the feeling that just out of view, there was a woman standing there laughing at us. 
almost a sinister feeling of, I told you to stay away. I warned you, you shouldn't have come here. As everybody piled out of the car, I was like, you know, I'm just going to stay here. They're like, oh, you're chicken, you know, what's going to happen? And the more I thought about it, the less I wanted to stay in the car, not having anyone around me. So I got out of the car and I walked into the graveyard with everyone else. As you walk into the graveyard, there's a lot of cedar trees. So it it almost got darker when you walked in. Cindy and Charlie kind of walked to opposite ends of the graveyard. Grant and I, we were walking towards the, the very back of the cemetery, right down the middle. I don't recall what he said, but you know, he was making fun of somebody's name on one of the stones, just making a, a crude joke about it. He laughed and I laughed, but it really wasn't that funny. And at that point is when things got kind of strange for me. I kept laughing. And at this point, it was almost like I stepped back outside of my body. I knew I was laughing, but it was no longer myself that was laughing. Grant said something like, are are you okay? And, And I remember kind of leaning into him and saying, this is so funny. I'm going to show you how funny this is. Watch Cindy over there. It's about to happen. And he said, what's about to happen? And I said one word, drop. From across the graveyard, Cindy let out this painful scream. At that point, Charlie came running from the other end of the graveyard and Grant looked back at me and he just got this wide-eyed look of terror. And he looks at me and he says, what did you do? And he ran off to help Cindy. I said, wait, where are you going? This is so much fun. This is funny. Where are you going? Come play with me. Grant picked up Cindy off the ground and just trying to carry her to the car pretty much uh, half carrying half dragging her towards the gate and Grant's like come on let's go let's get out of here let's go what are you doing Charlie jumped in the car Charlie was ready to go he wasn't even had no interest in being there anymore at this point I, I was walking from the back of the graveyard I said hey where are you guys going don't leave this is fun This is a great game. Come laugh with me. And I can't remember if it was Charlie or Grant came in and grabbed me and, you know, all but stuffed me in the car and we tore out of there. I really don't remember a lot about leaving. It's almost like when you wake up from a dream that was so vivid that you, you're like, did that really just happen? 
but I believe it was probably close to that, you know, five or 10 mile mark when I kind of, I don't know, snapped out of it, if you will. I started asking questions. I had asked Cindy what had happened. Basically, Cindy said, something felt like it kicked me in the stomach and and I just, I doubled over in pain, fell down on the ground and, you know, I I couldn't hardly even walk. I, I don't remember much of the conversations that took place after that. It was almost like I was, it was kind of in a, in a daze after that for a little bit. After all these years, Ty Duncan has no explanation for what happened to him at Ball Cemetery. All he knows is that some inexplicable force took hold of him that night. At this point in my life, I've been a computer systems engineer for years, married, father of four. Even after all these years, you know, there's not many details that I don't remember, but it was definitely decision altering. Processing the events of that day in my mind, you know, I wouldn't really say that it was a a possession so much as as maybe more like a, a channeling of something, someone. It was almost like the feeling that Maybe the entity or, or the, the person that was there did not want us to be there. It's kind of odd, but you know, it's, it's the only way I can really explain in my mind how that day happened. I don't think I would ever go back to Ball Cemetery. I absolutely think that place is haunted. Hey, Unsolved Mysteries listeners, I'm here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. There's a lot of pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas for family members, and sometimes I get super stressed trying to find the perfect thing. But now with Gift Mode on Etsy, I can search hundreds of gifting personas and find so many incredible items. And I actually just found the perfect gift for my fitness fanatic sister. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Paranormal investigator David Rodriguez has heard stories similar to Ty's from several other witnesses over the years. And the woman that Ty glimpsed in the cemetery laughing at them? She's made more than one appearance. When it comes to 
apparitions and things people have seen there. There's a woman named Mary Ingersoll Mumford, and you'll see her little gravestone there. It's a small stone. It says, wife of John Mumford, Mary Mumford. She was born in 1844, died in 1885. And most of the, the stuff that happens around her gravesite, people feeling like she's tugging on their clothes. Some people have heard a laughing, a woman laughing. So people tend to tie in the ghost of this woman with Mary Mumford. They think it's her. Of the dozens of stories David has heard about Ball Cemetery, one of the most compelling comes from a local man named Trey. When I grew up, my house was about 15 minutes, I'd say, from Ball Cemetery. And everybody knows what Ball Cemetery is out here. My father-in-law, he has stories from there. My brother-in-law has stories from there. Pretty much anybody that's from anywhere in that area has weird, creepy stories from there. One night, Trey and a group of friends decide to check out the cemetery for themselves, curious to see if the stories they've heard are true. They pile into a few cars and eventually get to the half-mile dirt road that leads to the entrance. As they're about to pass the house on the left, home to the caretaker with a shotgun, they shut off their lights so no one can see them. When you drive in there, it's dark. Like, very dark. And so, when you get there at night, it is almost pitch black. We all got out of the car, walked in. We had to kind of sneak through the gates... One of the kids had like a giant spotlight kind of thing so we could see around. And the first thing I saw was that there was like these tombstones that were totally knocked over, like giant tombstones that looked like they're just broken in half. We started walking around. One of the other guys that was with us decided, hey, let's go and try to call the spirits. We all held hands and he called the spirits And we all let go of hands, thought, oh, you know, there's nothing weird about this, I guess. And right as we said that, we started hearing this weird noise. And the guy with the spotlight started shining it all around. And over on the south side of the cemetery, there is a windmill, and it was like slowly spinning. And everybody looked around, and we're like, we don't feel any wind or anything. And as we're all sitting there still watching the spotlight on the windmill, it starts slowing down. And then it literally stops. And turns rotation and just slowly, like very slowly, starts going the other way. And at that point, everybody was like freaked out, started running out towards the front running back to our cars and when we got there a couple people were like oh I'm bleeding the one guy that was with us he had a cut going all the way down from like the bottom of his Achilles tendon all the way up like half up his calf it was a very very gnarly cut and there was girls that had cuts on him there was guys that had cuts on him and nobody knew how they got it this would not be Trey's last visit to Ball Cemetery Months later, his girlfriend reveals to him that her grandmother has a burial plot at the cemetery, and they decide to investigate. We drive down, and there is a Dodge Caliber that was sitting there totally in the dark. So we got kind of worried. We just stopped. We saw the car have its lights turn on on the inside, and there was three guys sitting in the car. 
And so we're like slowly cruising up there, roll down our window, say, hey, do you guys need any help? And they're like, don't know what happened. We just stopped to go walk into the cemetery and our car won't start. Definitely was creepy. We're at a creepy cemetery. We drove all the way down there to her grandma's house. It was like a 10 minute drive. My girlfriend got out, got the jumper cables, got back in to the car, and we drove back and tried to go jump their car. It started up right away, and we decided, you know, you guys are probably good. We're going to take off. It was like midnight at the time, and they're like, okay, well, is it okay if we follow you just to make sure that we make it out? We're like, yeah, definitely. We're driving out. When you drive out of Ball Cemetery... You have to go straight down. There is no way for you to go any other way except for straight to get out. So they're following us. We had to turn our lights off when we go past the house. They did the same. We get back over the top, turn our lights back on, and we look back, and there is no car behind us. And we're like, oh, shoot. I hope they didn't, like, have their car stall out again or whatever. And so we turned our lights back off, went in reverse, went all the way past that house again, back up the hill, And we stop, and there is no car there anymore. They never came back out. We even sat there for a while. And we're like, that's really creepy. And we started getting that feeling of, like, that hot feeling, cold feeling, whatever. And we're like, oh, my gosh. And so I got in the car. I'm like, where are they at? It was, like, one of the creepiest things that, like, we both decided that they definitely had to be ghosts. At this point, Trey's experiences have convinced him that the legend of Ball Cemetery is all too real. But his friend Zach isn't buying it, so Trey decides to make him a believer. He returns to the cemetery with Zach and another friend, James. The next time that I went out to Ball Cemetery was the last time that I actually went to Ball Cemetery. So this one, I will say, was probably the creepiest. We drove in right where the entrance to Ball Cemetery, like the gates are, and we just sat there. And you could just feel like something was weird. And I said, you're going to hear something if we just roll down the windows and be quiet. Right as I said that, we could hear a girl scream. That guy literally looked at me. He's like, what was that? I'm like... That's what I'm saying, man. This place is haunted. It's not something to mess around with. And I remember looking over, like, into the dark, and I just got the worst feeling possible. And I'm like, the creepiest feeling that something was, like, right there. Zach started getting a little creeped out, and he's like, okay, I don't like this either, kind of a deal. And so we all decided to go and take off. So we drive all the way out. We drive to the gas station that's pretty close to where Ball's Cemetery is. Park the car on the side, and as we come out, you can see symbols all over the front of his car. There was a giant triangle across the front hood of his car, and like my window that I had had a three-finger handprint with like a thumb that were very long fingers that were like embedded into the frost on the car. And it literally looked just like a handprint from some weird demonic creature. Zach had the same thing on the back. And once he saw that, he freaked out. I mean, it was one of those things that we didn't talk the entire way driving back. I've looked up some of the symbol things. It is a 
demonic-y thing. And it was a 15 out of 10 of scaredness after the symbols on the car. That was too much. I pretty much said I will never go back there again after that one. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. As a child, David Rodriguez had his own encounters with mysterious entities. His experiences inspired him to eventually create the research team called PRISM, which investigates and documents paranormal activity. In 2004, he set his sights on Ball Cemetery. When I went there for the first time, I didn't know what to expect. Is this place really haunted? Are these tales true, you know? The cemetery at night, it changes, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a spooky looking cemetery in the daytime as well, but between people seeing apparitions of the man or, or the, hearing the woman laugh or anything, but that only happens at night. I mean, the reason that paranormal investigators even investigate at night is because there's less sounds, noise pollution, let's say. Ghosts tend to be a sensitive energy. And so at nighttime, it's just kind of when everything can kind of come out and make itself known. What we do as paranormal investigators, when we go to a cemetery, is basically we're bringing all our gadgets with us. Personally, myself, I'm a gadget guy, so I deal with EMF detectors. Those are pretty much every paranormal investigator. That's their number one thing that they buy, the, the first piece of equipment they buy, and that's an electromagnetic field. Basically, someone would use that for the house to see if you have any energy fields, you know, electromagnetic fields around that could be dangerous for you. So it's not really used to like when you turn that thing, it's not a ghost meter per se. But the thing that you're using that for is when a ghost comes into, let's say, a room, it will affect static electricity, EMF. It will affect uh, barometric pressure. It affects sometimes temperature. 
we will then place these meters. You want to place them away from you. So your cell phone isn't near there. Your camera isn't near it. We kind of place things around a gravestone that you're trying to ask questions to. In this case, let's say Mary, we'd put the stuff around the gravesite and then walk back a little bit so you're not next to those meters. And then we just start to ask questions while we're recording audio. And then we try to see if anything spikes. So we're looking for little lights to be blinking to give us verification that something is there with us. And what happens at this cemetery, you'd say, hi, Mary, are you here with us? And then all of a sudden the EMF meter is going to orange, which in that case would be kind of like a microwave being turned on. So that's a lot of of EMF coming out of a gravestone. In this case of Ball Cemetery, there's no electrical anything around there. So there's no wiring underground, it's remote. So there should not be any EMF or electromagnetic fields going off. So it has to be a response from something. Something must be happening. We would get a lot of those EMF responses on our gear. We got some strange EVPs, electronic voice phenomena, strange voices, and then photographs. I personally got a few photographs of really strange, like, I mean, you've seen orbs on photos, but this is like an orb that takes up like a third of the photo, you know, like a big ball of light going through. We got strange shadows, videos of lights blinking, almost like, I don't know, UFO-ish. Then that's a positive thing because we know that something is there. It's paranormal. It's not normal. So what would make a cemetery haunted? That would be the history of the land, the people buried there, and sometimes a geographic location. In this case, you've got the Platte River runs just south of the cemetery. Running water tends to increase paranormal activity. It is a private, family-owned cemetery. You know, been there since the late 1800s. It's active, that place. You know, it's definitely an intelligent haunting It's kind of like a guardian entity going on over there. Everything that that tends to happen to people is a scary thing. It tries to scare them away. Why would that be? You get other hauntings in other places that it doesn't seem to be that way. It just kind of wants to make itself known. And in the case of Ball Cemetery, it's something telling you to get out of there. It doesn't want you there. It's like a protector. Like something's guarding that cemetery. You can go to other cemeteries around the United States that look creepy, but they're not going to be haunted. It just happens to be that this one is, and I'm guessing it's the people that are buried there. Whatever is haunting Ball Cemetery, Ty Duncan is not eager to return anytime soon. I'm not sorry that I went there, but I definitely would not advise anyone who feels like they may have had experiences or premonitions to go there. There was a number of things about my thinking and and skepticism that changed after that. My thoughts and feelings about the paranormal and, you know, the possibilities of speaking with the deceased or higher powers or angels, demons and all that, that day changed the way I perceive my inner feelings and and perceptions about things and people and places. When I get a bad feeling, I listen to it. After multiple encounters behind those black iron gates, Trey also feels like a changed person. I was raised very religiously. 
never were ghosts or anything like that supposed to be like a part of anything, you know, because they're not real. After all my experiences that I have had at Ball Cemetery, I have no other thought than ghosts are real. If you open your eyes to it, it is just right there. To this day, the strange happenings at Ball Cemetery defy explanation. You may be tempted to investigate for yourself, but remember, Ball Cemetery is on privately owned land. Trespassers are not welcome, so do not attempt to visit Ball Cemetery. If you've experienced a haunting or know of a haunted place like Ball Cemetery, submit your story at unsolved.com. Next on Unsolved Mysteries. I kept telling my brother and my family, I said, they're alive, I can feel them, they're alive. And they were like, well, you know, honey, no, they're not. You know, that's a mother's wishful thinking. But I could feel that they were alive. I just didn't know where they were at. Unsolved Mysteries is a production of Cosgrove Muir Productions and Cadence 13. It is executive produced by Terry Dunmuir and Chris Corcoran. Produced by Lloyd Lockridge, Christine Lenick, Courtney Ennis, and Paige Heimson. The story producer for this episode was Molly Ryan, and it was edited by Steve Concatelli. From Cadence 13, editing, mixing, and mastering by Chris Basil, Andy Jaskowitz, and Bill Schultz. Production support by Sean Cherry and Ian Mont. Artwork and design is by Kurt Courtney. Publicity by Josephina Francis and Hilary Schuff. The original theme music was composed by Gary Malkin and Michael Boyd. Thanks for listening to Episode 1 of Unsolved Mysteries.